it's Cofield and Company. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Get in town on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. I will not be screaming, yeah, like Steve Cofield does. Can't do it. As I've also always said, too, and you guys are uh, aware of this, I've made fun of Steve for a very long time because I'll sit down here at TI and it'll just be, you guys can see me, it'll just be this. Just like silence and anger, right? And then the show will open up. It's like, ah! I'm like, oh, wait, like, I, don't, I don't know how to do with the adjustment and emotion like that. It's, uh, dude, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that. Like, you walk in and they're like, what's up? And he just keeps doing what he's doing, and he's cantankerous, he's kind of grumpy, and he's throwing things around, and you don't know what's wrong, you're not sure what to expect, you don't know if the meter maid or the the, the, the bus boy or somebody at the location pissed him off, whatever, and then all of a sudden the show starts. That's showbiz, guys. Turns it on. Turns it right on. Professional. He's a professional. They write them on. Um, That's why he gets the big bucks. So I, I always pride myself. Anything, obviously, man, I'm saying it on, you know, Local radio. Anything I say, I would Leo, uh, What is it? Vontobio Los Vatos? Yeah, that's it. There you go. Um, I would say to anybody's face if I have criticisms of them. Hmm. Because I'm never, I don't think I'm ever vitriolic or mean about things. You know, I, I, Anything I say is stated in fact. So keep that in mind when I say my next statement. Although you did once post a picture of me having to stand on my tippy toes to stand next to Dylan Gonzalez. I mean, that was a fact. You were standing on your tippy toes. <laughs> but, you, but, you, but, you, but, but you were being mean This about is it. the biggest, with all due respect, but that's coming. I don't even know what he's going to say. That was a big, but, but you were being mean about it. Um, I can honestly say, after experiencing it, as 100% fact, I'm opening a can of worms here, maybe, Steve Cofield is a terrible driver. Oh, I don't know. No, I know. I'm telling you. It's a fact. I rode in his car the other day. It was one of the more harrowing experiences of my life. He's not the worst host on ESPN Las Vegas, though. Who would that be? You? Edward Graney. You know, that doesn't surprise me. Horrible. Horrible. I, don't know, I, don't, I can't tell you why it doesn't surprise me. But I, like, it I doesn't don't know, man. Well, Tyler, I mean, he left his car basically almost ran into the garage because he forgot to put it in park. I don't, oh, know I, thought, that, I don't know if that's an indictment on his driving, but I, I was going to say, I think he was actually suffering a medical issue. <laughs> I think he's he not even allowed to drive anymore, yeah, I don't think. That's not good to talk about. But <laughs> that's not, I mean, that that would <laughs> suck with what he goes through. Come I, I, on, I just taking shots. It was what? a low blow. <laughs> I think that's a HIPAA violation. Green, I didn't listen, do anything. <laughs> listen, when, when your alma mater was defending its 54 and 0 win streak, and, we, uh, and, and I was driving down to. Um, I offered to drive down to uh, Modern Day. And who's who's alma mater? Who are we talking? Mine. Your alma mater. Oh, was, Bishop Gorman. Yeah, it was fifty four and zero. What sport are we talking? Football, basketball. They're just so good all the time. Football. Okay. Had it won its third mythical national championship. Demonzo. <laughs> and uh, so he was all excited. He was like. He, was, he even talked about it on the air. He was like, oh, man, I'm going down. And Willie said, he drive, and I've never – he said – like, this was kind of hard to believe, but he made a big deal. He was like, I've never ridden in a Mercedes. So are you kidding me? Getting to be to drive down to to, uh, to California, blah, blah, blah. So we get down there. We cover the game. Modern day smokes him. We do the 
I do the, the story. He does a column. We do the video. And he says, I'll drive back. He wanted to drive the car. I said, okay, no problem. So we get back. We hit the 15. And we, we pull into town. And we, we're coming 15 north. We hit the 215 to head up. And I look at him. I said, home stretch. Are you good? And he goes, yep. And the second that I said that and I looked back, I put my head back on the headrest, the car swerved. He had nodded off. I was like, oh, great. But that's just, that's like one, that's that's a tame story compared to, you ask anyone, you ask Adam. He, when Adam, if they're on a road trip and, and there's a car, Adam insists he's got to have the keys. Ed's not allowed to drive. Cassie wow. Soto, everybody. Yeah, no, Ed is, uh, he's notorious. I, I did not know of these allegations that were brought against Ed Graney. Yes, Steve's, Steve's just overly aggressive. I saw Steve pull up on a woman who was just getting into the left-hand turn lane and just, like, start honking at her, like, out of nowhere. Oh, no, I'm not a like, honker. Yeah, I don't know. I'm don't aggressive. Know. I'm a, I'm a, are you offensive or defensive? I call myself an, I, I'm a, I'm an offensive defensive driver. Oh, okay. I do whatever the situation calls Let for. Let me ask you this. Do you, when you're changing lanes on the freeway. Turn or, signal. Okay. Can I finish? That's, that's common sense. You have to do that. Do you speed up or slow I always, down? I, sorry, I, I interrupted you. Do you speed ahead. up what? or slow down to change lanes on the freeway? Uh, I speed up. Okay, or good. slow down. Depends. No. Don't slow down. That's a bad thing. <laughs> it's horrible. Do not slow. There's only one reason why you got to slow down, so, and that's, a big, that's if the lane you're going into has numerous cars getting off, and you're, go, you're going into the off-road. Other than that, you, you speed up into the flow of the traffic. You don't slow down. Zipper merge. I'll tell you what I don't do with my car. Hmm. Stream on Instagram live and flash guns. It's definitely what I don't do. Which is exactly what got John Morant in the situation he's in right now. For those who are just joining us, the suspension came down earlier today. John Morant suspended 25 games. So we kind of talked about the aspect of like, hey, the NBA is overstepping its bounds. The topic that we haven't really hit, and I want, I'll ask you, Willie, yep. which is, it, like, and you, know, you might not necessarily think this, but I'm just curious, because we always do this thing, right? I'll liken it to, like, when I ask my wife, hey, what do you want for dinner? And she goes, oh, I don't know. What do you want? And I go, what about this? No. What about this? No. What about this? No. Okay, then give me something. Right. Don't just tell me no. So in this instance, what is the NBA to do? Don't just tell me you can't do that. You're overstepping your bounds. So then what does the NBA do here with a guy like John Morant? Do, do they just leave it? Do they do nothing? Do, is, or do you even think that this is something that is not even worth stepping in on? I just wonder... If you're somebody who, like Steve, like others, who is so vehemently against them stepping in because no laws are broken, do you not think that something needs to be done here with John Moran, who clearly keeps stepping in it in some form or fashion? Yes, you do, because he needs to... At this point, you have to sort of lay a blueprint saying, look, things like this just don't fly. I would look at it like... It's sort of a social media thing, right? I don't know how you look at social media in terms of when you want to tweet something. Have you ever gone, you're about to tweet something, and then you say to yourself, do I tweet this? The second I say, do I tweet this, I know not to tweet it. So if he, if he goes in his head, am I going to hear about this? Nah, it's probably not that bad. The second you, say, the second you have to think about having to, that you're posting something, you probably shouldn't post it, even if it's okay. The fact that you thought, because you're the one doing it. So if you have to think twice, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, I think I, I think there's a lot more to this than just, because I've gotten the comparison of, you know, somebody hit me one time with, well, if Stephen Adams was posing with a rifle after he shot a, you know, a boar, right. would people care? And I'm like, no, but that's, that, that's different. 
Right. Steven Adams didn't have multiple run-ins of different types right. before, I've heard, I've heard before something about like that. Right. That. So, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really understand that comparison shopping around. And, and, like, I understand not being comfortable with it because he did not break a rule. But I, I just keep coming back to, you know, like with Lotus, for example. Right? If, uh, if like, if Lotus, if I put up an, uh, on, if I go on live on Twitter or something like that, and I'm, like, lighting up blunts and, you know, blowing smoke rings and doing everything good, if I pull a Paul Pierce, Right? If you did that on your Instagram and you didn't invite me, I would be pissed. But if Lotus didn't like it, they have have the power to they have the power to tell me like, "Hey, man, cut it out." Yes. And if I don't, then all right, I'm out. Actually, Lotus doesn't, but Veasan would. I mean, well, yeah. Either way, whoever your full time employer, yeah, whatever the but that's the point. So I just wonder, Demond, you do you have a you look like you have a thought here on this? Do we wait before you express that, Demond? Let me real quick. Wow. No, no, no. Real. I just want to ask you a real quick question. I don't remember the song that was playing. Do either that when he waved the the last offense that he did. Do you remember the song? I can honestly say I didn't even watch the video with sound on. I did not watch the video with sound. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say maybe this is the this is the young person in the room speaking. But it's hey, all right. All right, I'm 32. Let's like, yeah, uh, man, dude, we weren't even in high school at the same time. <laughs> I'd have been like, man, you hear about JVT? And yeah, no, no, man, that guy, he's a, he's a legend around yeah. there. So, um, but for me, I think it's like, should jobs? This is me, like Joe, attacking the system altogether. But should your should your place of employment have this much control in your outside life? Is it about like when you, when you said, right. hey, Ish Smith? Is it okay if Ish Smith were doing these things? Would this even be an issue? You know, not to pick on Ish Smith, but you know, like the thirteenth guy on the roster who's just, you know just a veteran presence. Does the thirteenth guy? I know it's not so much he has the responsibility and he gets paid like a top guy. But where is the line drawn? Where hey, you it's okay to do that on your outside time, but it isn't okay to do this on your. Is it just like, hey, just don't go around flashing guns? But no. maybe there just needs to be some rules set in place now about, hey, if you're brandishing a handgun on your social media, that's that's a problem. Is the NBA, are they allowed to say? If he would have posted that video and said, here would my excuse would have been. I wouldn't have gone to the, uh, I wouldn't have gone to the, it's a fake gun excuse. Hey, Ari. I would have went to a gun range right after. After I saw it was posted on Twitter, I would have been at a gun range maybe like go. an hour or two later and been like, hey, guys, we were just on our way to the range. I was just getting hyped up to shoot some paper targets. That's yeah. All, that's all. Um, I don't no, know. I, I, and I think, like, the question of, like, what does an employer have in terms of power in your personal life is a question to be asked. I think there's differences, though, when you are a very like forward-facing and public company like an NBA where you are you know you have a very big platform. I'd also say I think, like I keep going back to, Demond, it's just th- this, is not, this is not a one-off thing. These are now multiple incidents in which John Morant's, like, at least, again, just stepped in it, and I feel like that makes a difference as opposed to just being a one-off incident of sitting in a car like I did in high school. Right, where you're just sitting in front of random houses, you know, just listening to music and you know, just being a, a young kid because you don't have anywhere to go hang out. Like, I feel like that's the difference. If this was the first time and they came down with 25 games, yes, it's a problem. But because the, he's had a couple of these, I think that makes the difference. And something else I would like to know from the NBA: What are these steps of contrition that he needs to perform yep. to get back in the NBA's good graces? Because I'm thinking about it: you you suspend the trouble kid from school. He's mm. going to learn his lesson by just staying at home, missing missing ten days of school, you know, mm. or twenty five days of school without the structure in place that, that normally that would give him. Let's say for John Morant, just playing basketball, so he's going to just he's going to be better off away from the team for twenty five days. 
And, and, I mean, that's a fair point, right? We always talk about that. Like, should guys be away from the structure that kind of helps them or not? Does it really help them? And, and Willie, I know you got something here. I'd also add, too, and we could build on this maybe a little bit later, it also doesn't look good when you have Miles Bridges, who has to agree to a plea deal, you know, and do what he does because of his domestic violence situation, get suspended for only for, for 30 games, so just five more than what John Morant got right now, and also get a time served because he wasn't with a team last year. So he only has to serve 10 games this season when he comes back. Optics don't look good on that. You bring something up, DeMond, that, that sort of triggered my memory from when, like, when, I, co- when I used to coach uh, Jordan's teams. And I used to tell the parents. Michael Jordan? Yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely Michael Jordan. Uh, when I used to coach my son's teams and, 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 the, and the kids would – do something bad. They bring them bad grade. They talked back, and I used to tell them, "Whatever you do, don't tell them. Okay, no, whatever for you. No, you know, flag football. No, t-ball. No baseball. Whatever it was I was coaching. Don't take that away from them because it doesn't just hurt. It it's going to hurt the team because the team needs that body. But bring him to me." And let me take care of it at practice, and I would run that kid or or give them something that's it's they're not going to like, but also it's going to at least help them from a health standpoint. So let me ask you this: to Demond's point, like, does that do him any good by being away from the team? You sort of, what does that do for his mental health? What does that do for you know he's not in a structure where that could maybe keep him out of trouble? What if you look at his? Average minutes played. What is his? I just tried to go to a basketball reference and it wouldn't let me uh, do the average on game line. What do you think he averages, JVT? About thirty-seven minutes a game. Uh, probably around there. Yeah, a little less, but yes. Okay, in so that let's, general area. let's let's just say it's in the thirties, and you chop the thirty minute off and say your suspension is you can only play for seven minutes a game. So you still get to practice with the team. You still get to play for the team. But you get to only play. So that way, not only is it worse that you're suspended and you can't be around, you got to sit there and watch. But you, but and you get your minute, so you're suspended from minute. Is that, is that a suspended no, that, game? No, that, that doesn't work on a pro level. Maybe at a high school level, but no way that could work at a pro no? level. Okay. Devon has spoken. I mean, I tweeted something about their parade <laughs> yesterday. Jesus Christ. First of all, I didn't know that there were any real Vegas to Golden Knights fans. And I love Vegas. I kind of consider Vegas like a bit of a second home. And I was just wondering, if you're a hardcore Vegas fan, I presume you don't live on the Strip if you're a hardcore Vegas fan. You're a local. You're a Summerlin native. You're a Henderson native, yeah. etc. Do you want it to be in the tourist area? Do you want it to be in Times Square? Or do you want it to be where they where they practice in the burbs, you want it to be because it's a team of the people. It's a team of the community. It was the first pro team. It has brought the community together. As I said before, I will say what I say here to anybody's face. I would tell Ariel Hawani this following statement. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. That's Ariel Hawani, you know, MMA journalist, does a great job. I, I listen to his pod. I think he does really good work. Um... The thought of having the, as he put it, the parade in the burbs, like where they practice. What? Do we, why? Why in the world would the Vegas Golden? You know what? Actually, I'm coming more around. Why would the Vegas Golden Knights have their parade on one of the most iconic streets in the world, Willie? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get it. Now, I will say this: when we first brought it up weeks ago, before they even won it, we talked about what route. Demond, was that last week? And you were on. Yeah, we were talking about which route would it take? I had originally suggested 
you start at the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign and head north till you get to uh, T-Mobile, to, to whatever that street is, Park Avenue, turn in, go down to Toshiba Plaza, only to avoid the construction going on for F1. And you can still have the uh, skyline in the back, way background, um, you know, behind everything. But the way that they etched it out is fine. I mean, but yeah, to, to move the parade, I think we even talked about that. Like, would, would they consider doing it by their facility over by downtown Summerlin? But, I mean, we shot that down. It, it's ludicrous. You win in the city that's known for the strip. You want the strip in the pictures, the highlights, ESPN, you know, whoever. Whoever's doing it, TNT, NHL Network, you want Las Vegas Boulevard. I don't know, man. Going up Charleston next to that Del Taco, be a really good. It'd be a really good setting. Well, if you're going to go up Charleston, and that's the case, then I want it near Jones, near the Tap House, and near the original Farm Basket. Um, I, Ooh, I want. The, some I want Cluckitos. Yes, Let's go. We need it in that area, old school by Bonanza, one of the original ten. I mean, let's let's if we're going to do it, we got to do it. You know, in the heart of something. Yeah, I thought that was a, a little bit of a ridiculous statement by Hawani to, to think that that was going to be the case. Um, you got to have it down there. So, we're going to talk about that. We'll call like a little less than 10 minutes from now. Danielle Alvari, uh, one of my uh, cohorts over at Beeson, does a great job covering the WNBA. She's going to be with us. We'll talk a little bit about the W, as it's so lovingly called, and get some insight on the Aces, their schedule, and what the league looks like as a whole. Willie does a great job with it as well. I wanted to hit the NBA really quickly. I think DeMond's got some interest in this as well. Because I, I think one of the interesting facets about this um, offseason, Willie, mm. I don't think people are ready for the amount of player movement that's about to happen here over the course of the next few months. We already have big names that are out there and available. Bradley Beal tied to the Miami Heat and whether or not that move is going to be made. But it is pretty fascinating because the new salary cap restrictions kick in next year. So all these teams are using this year, this offseason, and the next calendar year to get ready for that and get their books ready. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of names getting moved around, man. This is going to be an incredible offseason. What do you see? Like, so you hear Bradley Bill, we hear some other names with that, that it's expected. It's like, especially with franchises that once again had disappointing seasons. You know, Washington got rid of a close friend, right? General manager Tommy Shepard, they, they let him go. He's a former UNLV sports information director. So, I mean, there are certain moves that you expected. Do you, because you follow this a little bit closer, or for you, Damon, do you guys see a name? That's going to make a significant difference that a lot of people don't expect or that is going to disrupt the team and, and, and sort of shake up a roster where we saw a breakthrough in the playoffs, maybe one of the two finalists. Is, is there going to be something major where we, where we see a loss on a roster? Uh, uh, easy one that probably you're not thinking about because everybody's looking about stars, but GVT, you mentioned it, I want to say, earlier this week, but Bruce Brown, that's someone where you go to Denver – and I'm not saying that he's the reason they won. Obviously, they've got Jokic and Murray, but that's a guy that maybe he could be like, you know, just that piece away for a team if he declines that player option, which he's probably gonna, and go somewhere else. I know that Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Zion, those are the sexy names, but there's still some role players out there that can make a difference depending on which team they want to go to. Zion yeah. has OnlyFans, but okay. Yeah, I would say um, Zion is the big name, both you know, literally and figuratively, mm. that could move around because. Portland wants to get out of that. Th- they don't want to get out of the third overall pick. They want to make Damian Lillard happy for some reason. And I shouldn't say for some reason in that Damian Lillard doesn't deserve it. I just don't think their windows match up, right? 
Portland has a very good young core that they could build on going forward, especially if they use that third pick to draft you know, a young player, whether it be Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, whatever. Um, our own Scoot Henderson. Can we call him our own? Played a G League Ignite, right? Yeah, we can. Yeah, our own, our own Scoot Henderson. Um, so I think that's an interesting name in that Williamson could fetch that third overall pick. That, that trade could be made, and all of a sudden you have a running mate for Damian Lillard. That would be somewhat attractive to keep him around and, and make them a little bit better. But I would say Bradley Beal is probably going to be at the top of the list because he wants to get traded, and the Heat have a package that just fits perfectly for him. But it's going to be names like this. Are they dominant A-list guys that are you know going to change the face of a franchise? No, but if they're added to a mix like a Portland or a Miami, it's going to be big time, baby. What about these these uh, the scuttlebutt of Draymond leaving? I mean, he's, he he's no, he's going to take his player option. Yeah. He's not going to get that money on the open market. If Damon go, if Damian goes, where's he headed? I don't think he goes anywhere, but it's going to be an East Coast team. Mm. I think Miami, Philly. Boston's been thrown out there. What do you got, Damon? Have you seen the reports that maybe the Heat could get Lillard and Beal? <laughs> I mean, okay, that's ridiculous. Miami fans are going full delusion, man. But, you know, the Godfather, he hey. puts the rings on the table. He um, can get it done. My delusion is that Damian Lillard, at you know, we'll, we'll call it like six years down the road, is still going to be playing and then unprotected in the future NBA expansion draft in which the Las Vegas will go Scorpions, will eventually select him, and he'll be their Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't want him. What? <laughs> be great for this, can I emphasize this, this privately funded $10 billion sports complex that's being pitched out here in Las Vegas. A nice segue. Yeah. How about that, huh? Privately funded $10 billion sports complex. Imagine. With the hopes. Privately. Yeah, uh, of being, uh, bringing an NBA franchise around. Interesting. I I, um, <laughs> I kind of want that to happen long before the major. I mean, I know baseball has already been announced. Already, I mean, it's up in legislature. It's been passed. The governor signed the bill, but I, I really want the NBA here before baseball. I mean, it's. I wish it's not going to happen. No, um, but you're right, and it's. It also speaks to just look. I I didn't really understand it. I didn't like the way that it all went down. We we spoke about this at length. The fact that they did it too, uh, and you know, I, you wanted my nerdy reference. Who, do you either? Of you guys like Star Wars? Hmm. I dabble, dabble in like if I were to make a reference to a line, would you get it? Yeah. Do you remember? Is it the second movie where they have like the big Senate hearing, and Natalie Portman's character has that line? Is like this is how democracy dies. To thunderous applause. Like oh, was, yes, I do. <laughs> so it's like the same thing, right? It's like this is how public money is funded, like as, is given out to thunderous applause because they're doing this while the Vegas Golden Knights are winning the Stanley Cup. That's my nerdy reference. You were supposed Be- to protect the Republic. That's right. That's right. All right, speaking of nerds, Willie's kind of one when it comes to the WNBA. Let's discuss the aces where the league's at at this point. Daniel Ovari joins us next. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Yeah, we're here for 30 more minutes, so make sure you come on down and say what's up. It's James and I. Willie was uh, a little too busy. Couldn't make the time to come down here to TI. Busy writing. What are you writing, huh? You're, I, I know that you had a, a really good piece on the Las Vegas Aces last night. I did, out of, out of, out of the game. Uh, wrote about Kirsten Bell who uh, is generally the second lady off the bench, Alicia Clark coming off. But um, her and her father sat down with me right the day that they – the home opener, and they got their rings. And um, 
her father just served a 20-year sentence, and they they were very open about it, very candid about it. Um, she was three years old when he went in, so um, yeah, I felt really. I mean, I, I was kind of proud about that one. Got a lot of good feedback. Um, it's on my timeline, so go check it out. Kirsten Bell reconnecting with her father. He got out in January and is living with her here in Las Vegas. Easing back into society, great little jab from Asia Wilson when she first met him, and I mentioned that in the story. So, um, kind of proud about that piece because uh, it's it's good to see her have her father back in her life. Well, Willie's a great WNBA mind, also a great WNBA mind. Uh, one of my coworkers over at Vison, Danielle Alvari. You can follow her on Twitter at Danielle Alvari. Check out the uh, her podcast. I know she doesn't like to put it at the end. Bet the W. Danielle, good to talk to you. Uh, so let's start with our, our Las Vegas Aces. Willie's got a lot of bragging to do when it comes to betting, so you guys can talk about that here momentarily. Uh, but for those who are maybe not too familiar with it, when we've watched this Aces team, uh, they have struggled a little bit against the number. They are a very highly rated team. What have you made of their struggles in terms of covering numbers, and do you think it's an issue, or is it just a, hey, market just has a ton of respect for them? The market just has a ton of... By the way, I say it's not a pod because it's a show. It's an all-in-one experience, by the way, JVP. But what I will say about this Aces team is the market does respect them a lot, but you're seeing them now against the spread 5-5. Five and five. They just covered an 18-point spread versus one of the last-place teams in the league here in the Seattle Storm, 96-63 just last night. So they're doing a fair job covering the spread. This is about what you expect is to be 50-50. They're still 9-1. and one. I'm shocked they even have the one loss, frankly, but... They have had some interesting developments this year. Jackie Young has taken a huge step forward for them as one of their top scorers. I believe they're second-leading scorer now. And you have a situation like Kelsey Plum, who really should be in that spot, really kind of struggling to score lately. So that's been an interesting development. Obviously, they added in Candace Parker. They've been figuring out her role as well. But again, all they did was add to the team from last year. So I think that they're performing completely within expectations of this team so far. They are, and and part of the the ATS troubles with them, they the, you know they they started off with covering a couple. They're they're currently like on a two and four slide against the number. But let's not forget that there was a lot of emotion at the beginning of the season. They started in Seattle. They went down to L.A. Second game of the season. Um, they struggled a little bit defensively. They got it back together. They come home. They get their rings, and then they played Minnesota. They go on the road and play four road games in seven days. And let's face it, mm-hmm. you know this best, just like I do. Atlanta and Indiana are no slouches. So they're going to put big numbers up against teams that are putting forth their best effort with the best rosters that they've had after tremendous draft picks. So they, you know, Vegas basically came to life in the fourth quarter. It's almost like you're talking about an NBA team. They were down by double digits to Indiana. Then they go up and play back-to-back games in Connecticut, which they beat in the WNBA Finals. So I wasn't shocked at the loss that they took because it was the end of the road trip. But you're right. They're performing the way that they're supposed to be performing. They just got tired at the end of that road trip, and I think that lends to them not covering a few of those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that Becky Hammond's a really smart coach. If you look back even on last year, the Aces lost 10 games out of the 36 played last year. And some of them, it looks like they were worse than they were. For example, this Connecticut game, the one game they lost, like you said, the last game of this four-game road trip, they played Connecticut back-to-back at Connecticut. They lose by, what, almost 20 here. Right. But that's not really telling you the whole story. That's Becky being smart and saying, we're, I'm like calling off the dogs here. My team is exhausted. But the fact that they needed to be on four road games in a row and still only lost, by that, and that's really just as they pulled people. I mean, that means that they could have stayed within five of this game easily. So I definitely think they're living up to expectations. Underdogs in the WNBA on a 22-12 and three run <laughs> after last night. And you know what? I gave Indiana the law. Uh, I gave 
excuse me, not Indiana. Um, who did they beat out right last night? Chicago. I gave Chicago the loss as the dog because Indiana closed as a favorite. But in reality, if you go off the opening number, the dogs went mm-hmm. two and one last night, not one and two. Nevertheless, Indiana and Atlanta are lending a lot to that winning run with the dogs. How impressed have you been with the fever? They're not not a great winning record overall, but they are showing competitive nature with that roster. Well, they're a perfect gem for anybody who likes to bet the WNBA or is just starting to get involved because you look at that straight-up record and you think, is this not one of the very good teams? But then you see them against the spread. You see this team in person. You watch these games, and they absolutely dogfight in all of these games, and they have the talent now to compete with these other teams. You're seeing them actually be able to close out games, and I think what's happening now, too, is you're seeing a little bit of confidence come from these wins. Mm -hmm. I was trying to look back at the games they've had so far and find a way to poke holes in the wins that they've had over the sky, a team that was really injured, and then over the Lynx, one of the last teams in the league. But they lost by the, to the Aces by four. Now, right. given on a very poor Kelsey Plum shooting night, oh, 6 but it's hard to poke holes in what they've been able to achieve so far. And, again, I think more and more confidence is coming every play. You can even see Melissa Smith has talked about this after games now, that they need to go out with that kind of intensity every time as they're confident they can do it. Victoria Vivians has been coming off the bench and saying that she's confident she can make shots when they need her to at 17 points. They're also locking down defensively. We saw Maya Caldwell completely shut down uh, the three-point shooting from the Chicago Sky that locked up that game for them. So I think they're really coming together as a team and finding ways to actually finish these games and win. Once again, talking to Danielle Alvari, host of Bet the W and WNBA. It's a show. It's not a podcast, JVT. It's an experience. Um, <laughs> it's an experience. Now, everybody said this was going to be a two-horse race, right? New, uh, New York mm-hmm. in the east, LA, uh, Vegas in the west. However, Liberty haven't necessarily found their groove with this super team out there. Six and three straight up. The team that's kind of surprised everyone in standing on its own without John Quill Jones, without Kurt Miller coaching, without Courtney Williams at the point, is Connecticut. They're tied with New York atop the Eastern Conference, six and three. Why hasn't New York found its groove yet with this roster? I mean, they installed a lot of new pieces. Obviously, the starting five, there's four brand-new starters, basically, in this situation half the time. So when we look at it, again, John Quill Jones, you mentioned her. The Sun lose her, and it almost seemed like last year. Now, last season was the year after her MVP candidate right. campaign, right? And last year at the Sun, it looked like they almost didn't know what to do with her half the time, and that's kind of what it looks like in New York. And at the beginning, she was on limited minutes, and we thought maybe that's just them trying to figure out how to work her back in the rotation. But I wonder if that's a situation where it's just not flowing right with her in the mix as well, which is insane because you have two MVPs down there with Brianna Stewart and her. Bernie Vandersloot has played with Brianna Stewart before. They've played on Team USA teams before. They've played overseas before. So there's almost this level of comfortability we already see with some of these players. Sabrina Ionescu and Nigel Laney all played on Team USA together. So... Uh, it does feel like they should be coming together a little bit better than they are, but I'm wondering what the missing piece is that is kind of causing a a little bit of a problem for this team. And I, I don't want to say it's John Will Jones because she's an incredible player, but we saw this a little bit with the Sun last year, too, of not really knowing how to utilize her talent set. Danielle won't uh, slap herself on the back, so I'll do it for her. Connecticut was a team she was pretty high on coming into the year. Danielle, what have you seen from them that has confirmed your beliefs? Because uh, they are ripping off wins left and right. And Is it sustainable to the point of this team is a contender, or this is just a team that's going to have a pretty good record as we get later into the season and maybe not a real threat to New York or Vegas? I still need to see more offense from them or 
they're going to have to just rely on that signature lockdown defense. They kept the series in the WNBA Finals last year pretty low scoring, at least relative to an Aces game. So they did utilize that last year, but they just did not have the offense to go with it. This year, they said that they were going to take a step forward. They're going to play faster. They are. They're still not a fast-playing team, but they're faster than they were. That's promising. If they can hold on to that lockdown defense, listen, the Sun were the team three years ago when I started really diving into this that I immediately fell in love with because they were top of the board in offensive rating, defensive rating, all the categories you would want, and yet we're not the best team in the league. How is that the, how's that the case when you're in the top of all these categories? So now if they can actually find a way to compete with these championship-level teams, I'll be impressed. I don't know if we're there yet, but we're definitely headed there. They made it to the finals last year. There's no reason they couldn't do it again this year. So, Danielle, two games on the card tonight. Washington Mystic currently up on a Brittany Griner-less Phoenix Mercury. She is not playing. Mm-hmm. 34-19 midway through the second. The nightcap, though, I can't wait to get home and watch my Los Angeles Sparks because I was touting them <laughs> in January. I absolutely love Lexi Brown. Jordan Canada mm-hmm. is a defensive gem. Dierica Hamby is my girl. They, uh, you got uh, NECA out there. I just and and Kurt Miller is a fantastic coach. When I saw them Great at pick. seventy to one, I not going to lie. Yes, I covered WMA, but you know what? I got a piece on that future Whoa. ticket. You know why? Because I just need them to get into the postseason. I can start hedging back to get back what I put into journalistic it. integrity out the window. Right? Absolutely. Uh, but the Sparks, I you know what? I got to play for you tonight. I got a player prop for you tonight, Danielle. I like Jordan Canada over 14 and a half points. Um, she, I, I, I loved Aaliyah Boston last night at over 16 and a half. Last night, oh, I yeah. got Jordan Canada over 14 and a half tonight. She scored 11, 16, 18, and 15 in her last four games. Double digit six times in eight games. She scored 15 or more, 14 to, or four times. They're playing the Minnesota Lynx tonight, and Minnesota just beat them in Minneapolis. If there's a team on a Friday night in L.A. that's looking for revenge, the Sparks against the number, but I also like Canada again, uh, over her point total. Destroy him, Danielle. Yeah. No, I actually love that because they are playing ridiculously <laughs> shorthanded, by the way. Lexi, not going to be playing. I believe Shanae was looking doubtful, so definitely check the final roster here of who's actually going to be playing in this Sparks game. But they're playing incredibly shorthanded here. Uh, and so Jordan's going to have to do a little bit more. And to your point, she hasn't scored more. This is a good find as well because you pointed out Aaliyah Boston. She was averaging about two points less than what that prop suggested. It was, I believe, around... 14 and a half, and her prop was set at 16 and a half. I still could be over. She got to 20. This is a situation I think that's similar where maybe the points that she's averaging right now are based more on those games we saw at the start of the season that we're seeing now. And again, so shorthanded, we're going to need more from Jordan Canada tonight. Danielle, do so we know that generally in like the NBA, for example, um, six man, whatever, if he's not going to play, not a big impact on the line. However, in the WNBA, if there's like a generally good bench scorer that is not going to play, Am I right in assuming that that player is actually going to be a lot more impactful from a betting standpoint because maybe the depth of talent's not particularly there for the WNBA teams, or am I misreading that? You're saying a bench player? Yeah, like would a lesser player outside of stars actually have more impact for a team because then you're asking a very much lesser replacement player to take their spot? Gosh, it's very team-by-team team for me. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the Aces. Even though they added Alicia Clark in the offseason to kind of bolster that bench a little bit, the drop-off is so steep still from their starters to their bench. Part of that is their starters are just incredible. But you have a team like that where it's like if one of their starters is out, it's pretty a big, pretty big problem. But then you have a team like... Uh, 
trying to think of who's been kind of the well-rounded team. The Suns have had some depth this year. Dallas has actually persevered through a lot so far as far as injuries. And I think when they get healthier, get all their players back to your McCowan's overseas playing in Turkey right now. She'll be back at the end of June. I think that should be go a little bit better for them. But I think it's really team-by-team basis because there's teams that – that have a huge drop off from their starters to their bench. Danielle, if the one more for you before we let you go, if they were to put up props for awards at some point, we're almost hitting the quarter mm-hmm. pole here. Um, <laughs> did you ever think in cover the WBA that you would be mentioning in the same sentence Alicia Clark and sixth woman of the year candidate? Because I just never would imagine saying that. Oh yeah, a lot of people the I talked to before the start of the season were really high on this Alicia Clark pickup, and the fact that. She's even in, it's what you're saying is like the fact that she's even in this position right. is hilarious, right. I guess. Yeah, because this is not a six-man player. Right. And that's just how talented this Aces team is. So, again, a little bit of help for them when they have that as their six-man. But beyond that, seven, eight, nine, ten, we don't even know who they are. It's a serious problem when they have to go in. Danielle Alvari again. Follow her on Twitter at Danielle Alvari. She also does a lot of other stuff. I don't even know if she's actually at home. She does a lot of stuff for DraftKings. Best friends with Kevin Hart. She's an experience. Yeah, <laughs> it does a lot of stuff for us at VSIN as well. Danielle, it's great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the game. Yep, you got it. Bet the W, name of the show as well. The experience, if you will. Willie's got a big old cheeser on his face. Loves chatting it up, chopping it I up. Do. About I really the w, do. Huh? I do. I All do. right, we'll come back. We have a lot left to get to, a lot left on the cutting room floor, including do we dare say. Michael Jordan failed. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right. Hey, real quick, let's build on that from Doug. For those who are just listening, um, some of the details about Saturday. Do want to emphasize have fun, but be safe. For the Vegas Golden Knights Parade. For those who don't know, the RTC has announced that they will have a game day express. It's going to take fans to and from the parade area. $4 round trip, so it's pretty cheap. Um, the bus service is going to leave every 30 minutes, 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. on Excalibur Way as well, so you can get home from there. Uh, and those not planning to use the bus service, caution, expect road closures on Vegas Boulevard from Trop to Flamingo starting at 5. So just want to emphasize, and, and Metro's come out, make sure you check out social. There's a list of things that you can't bring down, so you don't want to get caught by surprise. Uh, but emphasize very much. Be safe. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be cool. And um, you would hate to be for it to be ruined uh, by something negative happening uh, when it comes to all of the uh, festivities down there. But I do hope everybody listening, if you're going down, hope you have a really good time because it's an exciting time for Las Vegas, of course, with the Stanley Cup being here. Demond, can you get in there? Can I get in where? Oh, the bag. I uh. you know. Yeah, yeah. He's going to get in there. Stick your hand in there it is. All right. So this is now the time since Willie's back. Willie's going to love this. <laughs> I'm laughing at both of you. Both of you tried to call out Danny. What happened to the Denver Nuggets bet? Huh? Both of you. What was, what was it? Was it game four last Friday? Both of you scoffed at the fact that Danny was laying three with the Nuggets. I was wrong. Smoked them. I was wrong. Damon, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, here's what I have to say for myself. Everybody, <laughs> if you listen to me on these airwaves, it's a character, okay? Oh, I'm doing a bit. Don't back all down. The don't time. back down. Because Danny and I's personal text, FC, you know, he was, you know, laying down this. And he's told me that um, it's the pick of death. And he gave me all of the ESPN crew, Wilbon, Jalen, and Stephen A., all picked the Heat as well. And then I said, I knew I made a mistake at that point. But then I also t- sent him the uh, Adam Sandler gift from um, Uncut Gems. This is how I win. 
doing ex- doing the exact opposite of what I say I'm going to do on air. Okay. So, in other words, Demond has uh, no scruples. You can never believe what he's saying in any way whatsoever. This is the you first know? time I've used the word scruples in a very long time. <laughs> Damon is basically putting it, uh, is scapegoating it to being a bit, and it's an ongoing thing with him and Danny. Whereas I'm admitting I was wrong, but oh, what I wasn't, go. what I wasn't wrong here in that I hear Danny every single morning in some of the bets this dude makes, and so yes, uh, I was getting on him, going, "Oh man!" And as heavy as he was on the Heat, I was, but it, but I wasn't against his pick because of him. I had already been on the other side. I just liked it even more. And let's not take it out of context that he also piped in and gave out the total. So he lost whoa, juice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Because you're right. But I remember listening to that in the car and hearing a voice that sounded an awful lot like yours go, oh, yeah, I like the over two. Yeah, I did. But I'm not denying that. I was like, and did you, if you heard that, you also went, oh, man, that's true. Because I didn't just say, like, I went, oh, man, I like the over two. That's, that's trouble. I said, that's trouble. So, yeah, I went 0-2. Oh he went 1-1. One one. For those who are I'm wondering, not denying that. For those who are wondering, why are we discussing game four of the NBA Finals, which happened last week? Uh, it's because I haven't been able to be in command of the show or talk to Willie, so right. I held on to this. The only person that oh, irri- the only person that maybe I got had irritation with was JVT because he chimed in when Demon after the show. I mean, he was a typical guy who doesn't say a word like, oh, well, you get on Danny. That's actually, that's actually not true. My written word is up every single morning when it comes to NBA no, games. You no, no, no. Not in this situation. You got to be in the group this, text. I write, I write every day. I understand that, but you got to be in the group text. You can't give. You can't give. He's saying your, your work outside of Lotus Broadcasting, outside of ESPN Las Vegas, doesn't no, matter. No, I'm no, a, he I'm knows I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm his a, biggest supporter of, of all the colleagues. I'm the one that touts him the most in the mornings with that column he writes. I'm a public citizen. I am a national media member. I am famous. You should know what I write every day. This is true. There you go. This See? is true. Let that be a lesson for you. This is true. So I'll always come out of nowhere. I'm like Batman, just coming out of the dark. Left field. Just to make that, fun that of you. That text guys. came in like right after the game. Oh, I was waiting for it. Right after the game. Well, because you want to know Jimmy didn't have that dog in him that game. But, well, you know, it's funny. So <laughs> what? It, that's funny. Um, with the reason why at? it's pretty funny. Where I was listening. I was listening in the car, and I pulled up next to Danny because I was actually going to get drinks with Danny that night. <laughs> and I pulled up next to Danny. We both pulled up to the parking lot. We were going at the same time, and both of us were listening to you guys at the same time. Oh, that's great! So I was just sitting back, and I was like, "Oh, of course, this is my mini Cofield." Where I'm like, "All right, let's wait. The second that this thing's over, we're gonna fire this text." And sure enough, you know, you gotta yeah. have a little co. We all have a little Cofield in us. Yeah. Stick no. your hand in there, Dave. All right, so none of you, nobody's going to the parade tomorrow, huh? I am. Oh, yeah, that's right. Damon, I apologize. Yes, you are going to be there. Me and the puppy will be watching it on TV. Where, where Willie, do you know? I would assume, what, just any local news channel is going to have it? I believe they're all going to televise it, but I know that the ABC affiliate is actually because they're partners or with scripts. Um, they're gonna, Tina Wynn will be on one of the buses with the players. So she'll be broadcasting live along with the players on one of them, yeah. Okay. Damon, so when I went down on Tuesday, Tuesday was the, the final game, right? Yeah. So when I went down on Tuesday, I had never high-fived and hugged and slapped so many people that I have never met before in my entire life. Will you get that into it? Will you oh, yeah. hug? Will you hug and love and slap people that you don't know? I'm hugging. I'm high-fiving. 
I'm cheering. I can't believe we did it. We made it. All that good stuff. Yeah, so might, you're, even, might even cry. You're not. Uh, I don't know. You're, I don't believe you. Um, you're not going to wear nice clothes, though, right? Because I, when I went down on Tuesday, I think I got like six drinks spilled on me. Uh, yeah, that might change the way I dress. I was thinking about wearing a jersey, but it might be too hot for that. Maybe just a VGK t-shirt. Yeah, maybe a VGK t-shirt or something, but you got to be careful. You're going to get drinks spilled on you, buddy. All right. Well, have fun, Damon, again. I stress, be careful. All right? Be safe, Willie. Have a good weekend. Happy Father's Day to you, Willie, of course. Happy and, Father's Day to you, too. Thanks, man. I have two little seedlings that grew into humans. How about that? For all the other fathers out there, have a happy Father's Day weekend, and make sure you check out everything we have to offer up at lvsportsnetwork.com. And what? go with Ari to Twin Peaks on Sunday. Enjoy your Father's Day and hang out with the Philly Five. And don't forget, it's Men's Hental Health Month. If you need to talk, talk.